What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It is good to be with you. If you're new, welcome. We're glad that you found us. Uh, We'd love to have you come hang out with us um, on Facebook. We have a closed group on Facebook for guys, uh, Christian husbands and dads, uh, with thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. We'd love to have you come be part of that. You can do that by going to dadtired.com, clicking the community tab, and that will link you over to that closed group. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, I record this podcast in my home, which is a small little home and, uh, I'm recording just literally four feet away from our bathroom, our master bathroom where my wife is taking off her makeup. And, uh, right now my kids are on the bed one and a half feet away from me wrestling. Uh, you guys want to come say hi? Yeah. Okay. We're going to give you a quick family introduction here. This is my son, Elijah, six years old. I've talked about him before. Hi. Say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And this is my daughter, Eden, infamous Eden. Hello. Hello. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Good job. And uh, this is an impromptu family introduction here. My wife is here. Makeupless and looking beautiful as ever. Hello. Say hi. It's my radio face. Yeah, ah, radio. Yeah, they probably didn't hear that because the mic's far away. I had Layla on the podcast uh, way back in the day, like when we first started, and we need to get her back on because she's smarter than me, she's funnier than me, she's wiser than me, she's prettier than me. <laughs> Just scoring so many points here. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna let you guys go take a bath. So Daddy can finish this introduction. Uh, This is last minute introduction here. If you uh, are joining us today and you're by yourself, you should definitely get your wife to listen to this episode with you. It's a very, very good episode to listen to with your wife. I have um, the host of the Paradox podcast, Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers. It's a father-son team, two doctors, therapists uh, who have their own practice, but they also have a podcast called Paradox, and it's so good. Uh, they, they give their Christian take on life and family and culture, and marriage and parenting, all kinds of good stuff. Um, so I have them on this episode today, but we talk a lot about marriage and sp- specifically like marriage strategies that I think will be really helpful for you in your marriage. Um, so you can listen to this episode if you're by yourself, but I, I highly encourage you to listen to it with your wife. I think it's going to be really helpful if you listen to it with your wife. Uh, I also want to say for those of you that uh, have been leaving the the reviews, it's super helpful. It's one of the most the easiest and most helpful way that you can support us as a ministry is to pause the podcast right now and just leave a quick review that allows us to be seen and trusted by other people who maybe are stumbling upon the podcast for the first time. They trust your reviews and they listen. And that means more guys getting exposed to the gospel, more guys being equipped to lead their families well, more guys falling in love with Jesus and helping their family do the same. So if you would, if you enjoy the podcast, just pause it for a moment, uh, leave a short review. That's really, really helpful. Also, as you know, we, we talk about this every week, but if you have yet to pick up the devotional, uh, there's a lot of churches now going through it, a lot of men's groups now go, going through it, uh, and we're, we're f- I guess, four or five months 
uh, four months deep into since it's been released, and I'm starting to get more and more feedback of guys that it's just been really helpful for them to fall in love with Jesus and, again, help their families do the same. So if you haven't picked that up, you can go to dadtire.com and click the devotional tab and pick up the devotional. But anyway, uh, I'm super excited about this interview. I say this all the time, but I really only try to bring uh, guests on the interview that I think are going to add tons of value to you as a husband and dad and really help you in your journey of following Jesus. So um, without further ado, here's my interview with Paradox. All right, guys, I just gave you a short introduction, but in your own words, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. So I am Josh Myers, and I am a clinician. I'm a clinical counselor here in Austin, Texas, and I work with Jimbo over here that will introduce himself in a second. Uh, but I've been a clinician for 10 years, um, and we also have a, a podcast. It's called Paradox Podcast. It is a Christian marriage and family podcast. We drop two 20-minute episodes a week, um, and we've been doing that for about a year. And, yeah, I'm Jimmy, and um, I'm really proud of Josh because... Um, you know, with his mental and emotional handicap, to have him in the workplace uh, and him doing as good a job, really, honey, you do really well. He Jimbo, does really, really well. You can't do that. You can't say that. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's 21st century America. I'm sorry. You guys, yeah. Your guys' podcast is so much fun to hear you. You're, you're a father-son <laughs> team, so hearing you guys kind of jab back and forth, you're, t- you're tackling like really serious, like big topics, but you're, you're make, you're not, you don't take yourself too seriously, and you help us kind of no. laugh at ourselves, which is really fun. To, like, <laughs> yeah, there's not much to take seriously over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm 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 so uh, excited to have you guys on today, um, and definitely we'll be talking about your podcast more in a little bit. And I'll encourage all of our listeners to immediately go over there and subscribe because of all the great stuff you guys are putting out. But uh, in one of the most recent podcasts that I did, episodes that I did for Dad Tired, I, I told the story uh, where my daughter threw my phone into the river. A lot of guys reached out to me after that episode because they could totally relate to my rea- reaction. Uh, in that story, my daughter threw a brand new phone in the water. I, I just went nuts. Like I was so angry. I'd never, I'd never seen myself so angry. Uh, and, and kind of later that night as I was processing, I was thinking like I, I was out of control in my emotions there and it took me a while to settle down. And I, I recognized a pattern in myself that I do the same thing, um, in my marriage sometimes when, when we get into like really heated arguments, my, I get so flooded with emotions that I'm, I'm just like not able to process. Um, until about like 30 minutes, it seems like 30 minutes to an hour later, I can go back and start to process, uh, logically what's, what's happening. And I've noticed a lot of guys can relate to that. I've, I've, seen that tendency myself. I was super anxious to get you guys on, use your smart brains to kind of speak to this. Tell me there's some science behind this. Like, well, what's happening between the upper brain and lower brain in these moments where we, where we get flooded with high emotion uh, and we're not able to process logically? Yeah, certainly both nature as well as nurture. Um, from the nurture side of things, guys grow up um, throwing a ball around. They grew up hitting each other and scratching themselves. And so we really never are trained emotionally. Most guys funnel, and this again is taught, most guys funnel every negative emotion through anger. Uh, But there's a whole host of, there's a negative emotional spectrum, disappointment, um, you know, feeling disrespected, hurt, sad. There's a ton of negative emotions out there that we traditionally funnel all through anger. And what guys have to learn to understand and practice 
um, is to find the primary emotion. So anger is a secondary emotion. And guys have to learn to find what was I feeling first. It might have been a millisecond and then I felt anger, but what was that primary emotion um, that was leading me to anger and actually cognitively challenge that emotion? And Jared, when you were saying I was, you know, I'm flooded with emotion, actually what you were flooded with was adrenaline and cortisol. Uh, Every since we crawled out of caves, when a, when a, when a saber-toothed tiger would walk in the door, uh, you know, God designed it to, to squirt adrenaline out into our system and cortisol. It's our fight, flight, or freeze um, chemical. And so it's, it's gearing us up. And so when we have something negative happen to us, especially something that's a surprise, hmm. like, I don't know, your daughter throwing a brand new phone in the river. Some, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just too balling, soon. But, too soon. but let's just say something like that. Um, then you have this, it's instinctual. It's in your base, you know, it's in your brain stem that these uh, chemicals are released, uh, which is why we, then we're, we're not thinking with our serotonin. We're thinking with adrenaline. So when we're jacked up on adrenaline, we literally aren't thinking correctly. Uh, so when people get really, really angry, there are times in which, think about this, that our brains tell us, yes, punching the wall. Yeah, that is my absolute best option right at this moment. <laughs> right. And, and on the way to the ER, we're saying, oh, gosh, wow, what was I thinking? Well, the deal is you weren't thinking. You literally weren't thinking. And so being able to not speak, act when, when we feel that we're jacked up on adrenaline, being, you know, I hate it when grandma was right and it takes more than counting to 10, but it may take counting for an hour to, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to just allow the adrenaline to metabolize out of us. There's probably been times you've been very angry and there's been times I've been very angry and oh, oh, oh boy, was I justifying my anger. But when when it was over with, like if I was mad at Beth or whatever, after an hour or so, she comes back in the room and I even forgot what it is I was angry about. Yep. I mean, once that adrenaline is out of our system, serotonin free flows and now all of a sudden our brain's working correctly. So, you know, I always tell people our first response is our worst response. Hmm. You know, if we can if we can ever pause, don't react. Give it some time. Let the adrenaline go away, which is why I was raised in a home with, get your butt over here right now, young man. We're going to handle this right now. And actually, right now is the single worst time to handle anything with our spouse, with our kids. You know, it takes time. Let the adrenaline go away and then respond. Yeah. And I would, Jared. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Can I speak to the uh, neurobiology in part? And it's this is a gross simplification as I am not a neurobiologist. It's just gross. Uh, but so, you know, when, when we're, you know, you talk the lower and the upper brain, when we're functioning emotionally, we're functioning from our limbic system. Um, the, the, the only solidified part of the brain at birth is our brain stem. That is our automatic processes. You know, my six week old knows how to swallow, knows how to breathe. We didn't have to teach that to her. That's all, or him, that's all limbic system. And as we age, our, uh, or that's all brainstem rather. As we age, our limbic system is what is next, and that's more the emotional functioning. Um, we're much more emotional um, in adolescence than we are in adulthood. The last part, the frontal lobe, 
the last part to solidify um, is actually the rational part of the brain where we it's learn to make correct. It's the brakes. It's where do we we learn to make proper decisions. And in those moments, we really hearken back and we were functioning more limbic system. And whether it's take a half hour before you say something stupid, do some deep breathing, um, separate yourself from the situation and cognitively challenge the emotions. You're in those moments. Watch trying- an episode of Pioneer Woman. <laughs> <laughs> you're in those moments. You're trying to work uh, down up. You're trying to work away from your limbic system to the frontal lobe. Yeah, that's so helpful. So that was going to be my kind of follow up question to that is when whether a husband and wife say, let's say maybe our wife is just feeling in that high emotion, or maybe we're feeling in that high emotion. What what do you suggest we do there? I always hear spouses say, well, like, I want to just talk about it right now. And you're walking away. What do you what what advice would you give to the couples that one of them or maybe both of them are feeling so high in that emotional state that they can't even logically process what's happening? Um, Well, if you're the other spouse, uh, I suggest running, uh, especially <laughs> if you've got on tennis shoes, just take off. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got to be able, first off, you tell couples, let's just say couples, you tell couples, you've got to be able to recognize when the adrenaline is coming. Hmm. Uh, and, and by the way, there are telltale signs. Uh, there've been times I've been in an argument and are starting to get into an argument and I'll look down and my hand's shaking. Hmm. Well, Okay, you know, again, I'm no neurobiologist, but I'm 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 spitballing, but I'm thinking that's adrenaline in my system, mm-hmm. so I know it's coming, and so if I can feel it coming on, uh, then I've got to separate then, because once it's full bore, once it's blowing out, uh, there it's almost it's, it's no getting it back at that point, and so being able to, I you know, I tell couples especially there's an STOP. Um, you know, you, you, you say, uh, you say a phrase like I'm calling a stop to this prior to things really getting out of hand. That means stop. The S is for stop and walk away. T is for think, Oh, your best option. And then P is pray and proceed with your best option. Mm. All that does is just slow down the process because everything in us says we're going to pounce. We're going to solve it. I'm going to make sure they see that I'm right and wrong. And all of those things simply add to the conflict and don't solve anything. Nothing. Adrenaline. Just think of adrenaline as the Ebola virus of your relationship. Hmm. Nothing good happens once that is interjected into the the, the system. Uh, so, you know, t- t- bottom line is just time. Give it time and don't respond. And for the prayer piece, I would add... Um, you know, I would tell that to a lot of couples and they'll use that as an opportunity to kind of bash their spouse through <laughs> prayer. Um, and so you want to make it, if you at all speak to your spouse during the prayer, it needs to be more of a prayer of thanksgiving for your spouse's strengths. Um, you know, any negative statements or pray for this to improve, it needs to be more self-reflective in those moments. And the I, Lord revealed to my wife. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. And, yeah, not that. That didn't work. Yeah, those are always the best prayers. God, thank you so much for changing my wife's heart and making her <laughs> yes. different and making her love football. Uh, so what what about the kids part? So, you know, you you were talking about like the their brains aren't even developed fully, you know, they they're in a process of development. So when they're throwing temper tantrums and we're trying to come across with uh, logically to them, like how how do we approach our kids when they're in their high emotional state? Mm-hmm. You know, when they're in their high emotional state, often, um, 
either uh, encouraging or instructing, depending upon the situation, depending upon the age, bringing them, separating them away from the actual intensity of the moment. Um, and so getting them into their room for, to have them do some breathing and kind of thinking through things. But really to curb that, you know, conversations have to happen before they're ever in the emotional intensity. And so I, you know, emotional education is huge, particularly for young boys. Um, I often encourage dads to sit them down and appropriately so share the uh, share their with their kids experiences from their day, whether it's work or whether it's a friend. And this kind of frustrated me. Um, and you might need to describe, depending upon the age, what frustration is. But this is kind of how I worked through that. And so you you really want to have conversations not only from your experience and how you work through the negative emotions, um, but you also when something does transpire at school or with within the home and they did slip up and they got highly emotional, come back to it afterwards and what how could you have handled that differently to have a different outcome? And um, when you're dealing with your child, my base recommendation is let's, as the parent, not be a bigger child than the actual child. Hmm. You know, we need someone acting like a grown-up, someone that is not allowing their emotions to dictate everything that's said and done. Um, You know, that, okay, a child is having a temper tantrum because, again, I'm just thinking, but they're a child. That's what children do. You know, they don't know that they've got other clubs in the bag other than just screaming. But that's why God put adults in their lives. Uh, but so often you have an adult acting exactly like the child, yelling, screaming, venting, uh, just because that's how what they feel. Um, you know, again, we, we learn uh, uh, the, 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 the thing that's one of the most telling aspects of being immature is immediate gratification. I must have what I want when I want right now. And the earmarks of maturity is uh, delayed gratification. I know it might be painful right now, but it's it's going to be better off. And so often you'll have a parent that goes at a child in the same manner that the child is behaving. And you've just got to have an adult that goes, you know what? This is not about me venting. This is about This is about really me being an instrument in God's hands. Uh, to bring restoration with this child and his heavenly father. Mm. And so for us to be able to, and again, this requires adrenaline not being present. So a lot of times when honey go to your room, that's not to punish them, it's to give us time just to calm down so that we can then uh, uh, go in and address it like Josh is saying. But none of that happens uh, if there's adrenaline and a cortisol present in the, in the situation. That's super helpful and super convicting. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Uh, so, so I imagine the kind of switching gears here, I imagine that you have tons of wives who drag their husbands into your office. And I, I know for me, there was a, there was a rough season in our marriage. My wife had brought up, Hey, maybe we should see a counselor. And I just, I hated the thought of that. Like I just, I didn't want to go to a counselor. And I think mainly for two reasons. Number one, I think as a guy, I like to think that I can fix things and to say that we're going to go to counseling was me admitting defeat. Like I can't fix something. Yep. And that makes me really mad. And I think secondly, and, and I, I hope this doesn't come across offensive, but in some ways I felt like I was paying somebody to care. You know, like I have to pay you money so that you can care about my situation. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, we don't care unless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Unless your credit card is is up to speed, yeah, we don't. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, speak to that. What would you say to the guy who's like, uh, you know, they they they're digging their heels in deep. They know they probably have some stuff either in their personal life or in their marriage that they know that they need to address. But man, they do not want to go see you guys. Well, for a lot of guys, again, it's the way guys tend to have been raised in our culture. You know, might makes right. And so if I'm the loudest, if I tell my wife that she's stupid and crazy and the way she's handling the kids is wrong and she should be treating him better, you know, if I'm the most powerful one, I'm the right one. I'm the correct one. And the last thing I want to do is walk into a room where there's a neutral third party that can challenge my rightness Hmm. uh, and tell me that, oh, maybe I'm not correct in the way I'm doing this. Uh, I'm telling you, the, 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 the sign of the person with the most pathology is the one that doesn't want to be in the counselor's office. Hmm. You know, if, if you're well-reasoned and thought out and caring and want the relationship to be better, you have no problems with, with going in and, and let's bring someone neutral that doesn't have a dog in the hunt. Let them come in and let's let them speak to this and wise counsel and all. But if you have someone that's fighting it, that's a, sh- that's a real clear sign. Uh, that they're they're they've got an issue with their point of view. They're they're pretty insecure, uh, and and they realize that they're probably walking on thin ice uh, because they don't want someone else speaking to it. One thing I'd say is I think our culture um, has done a pretty terrible job of treating men within the home uh, like idiots. I mean, if you look at TV um, over the past twenty years, the dad is traditionally um, Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. I mean, he's out to lunch. Doe. I don't know what I'm doing. Don't know what I'm saying. Doe. Doe. You know. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm trying. Very nice. I'm trying. You know, I've, I've never seen a full episode of The Simpsons, but that's a different Doe. story. Yeah. 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 I wasn't actually gonna. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, so we've really celebrated um, women within the home, and I think that that mentality has led many wives to feel like what they believe and what they feel and what they think within the home is always right. And oppositely, it's led a lot of men to feel like what they think and what they believe and what they feel within the home is not right. And so I think a lot of men walk into our office assuming that they're in the wrong, that they're going to get their head bashed in by the counselor, by this quote-unquote neutral third party, and they're only going to agree with my wife because she seems to know what she's doing all the time. And what I try to encourage guys with is they're human as well. You know, their rationale and their feelings, that is also fallible. And so you do have a bone to pick. You have a leg to stand on. And so I want you coming in and sensitively loving and also sharing your grievances because what your wife thinks and feels is not always correct. How much, as kind of a follow-up to that, how how important is it that when couples who maybe they're listening to this right now and they feel like, okay, maybe we should go see somebody. How important is it in your opinion that, that they would see a Christian counselor for the believing couple? Well, when I was, uh, I was a youth minister 20 years before doing this and I was probably in my mid twenties and this guy came in, I think a youth worker that was having trouble in his marriage. And so I referred him over to a big teaching hospital that had a huge psychology department. And because I just went, whoo, boy, you know, this is over my head, this young minister. So, uh, you know, go over there. They're, they're great. They're top notch. And he came back 
And apparently his psychologist recommended an affair. Oh, um, you know, go have an affair. See if that's what you see, if the grass is greener. Maybe it is. And so I learned very, very early that, you know, it, at least with a Christian counselor, you know that on a base level, you have some understanding. You have a shared worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're not going to get something just completely, um, you know, out of left field. You know, I would I would add something a bit different. You know, I've always um, had the perspective of, of if they do good work as a therapist, um, yes. that they should actually defer. Because I've seen Muslim clients, I've mm-hmm. seen agnostics, yep. atheists. They should defer with whatever worldview you come. They might not agree. So I've always said, you know, I've always thought if they do quality work, and if I'm recommending them to you, Christian or not, um, they should be able to handle the client. It certainly is helpful to come from the same worldview, Christian. But there's a lot of Christian therapists that do bad work mm-hmm. yeah. um, that use scripture to bash None you over of them the head. Are employed by the Timothy Center, by the way, <laughs> oh, right. yes. which I want to hear more about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I think if they do quality work and you're you are recommended from a neighbor or a friend that you trust, um, I don't That's necessarily I don't necessarily shy away from a secular counselor because if they do good work, they should defer to your worldview. Tell me about the Timothy Center, because we actually, I know you guys are in Texas. We have the uh, the largest listener base for the Dad Tired Podcast comes from Texas. You guys represent hard for us. Uh, tell us about you know, the Tim- Timothy Center. Timothy Center was founded um, by Jimmy 16 years ago, um, and I've been here for 10 of those. Um, and we have primarily been an outpatient, which is your traditional one hour a week therapy. We've transitioned this past year and we're moving towards more of a faith-based facility, kind of hospital facility model without the residential. And so we offer, um, your one hour a week, typical therapy that you think of as well as an intensive outpatient program. That's nine hours a week. And we're also beginning to take insurance. Um, and that's just for a Texas audience because uh, we our license is within Texas. And so we actually we're in Austin. We have four different locations, but we also offer online um, counseling. And if you're in Texas, you can apply for and use your insurance. Um, if you're out of the state, we offer online consultations um, and we have to call them consultations. It's therapy, but it's not therapy. Um, and insurance wouldn't help help there. So we, yeah, we do online stuff throughout the, uh, throughout the nation and specifically within the state, uh, they can use insurance. That's awesome. Let's, let's, let's go back to the office setting here for a second. I'm, I imagine that you see after all your guys' years of experience that, you know, people come in because dishes are always left in or dirty laundry's left, or maybe there's big, big issues like infidelity or there's, you know, money issues. I, I, I imagine you see all kinds of issues, but um, that you're probably seeing themes throughout all of it. Can you talk through what what are some common themes that you see over and over again that you could help us uh, in our marriages, you know, some pitfalls that we can avoid? Absolutely. One of them, because we we started out, and the reason it's called the Timothy Center, it's First Timothy 4, 12, let no one look down on you because you're young. Coming out of 20 years of youth ministry, uh, this was really an extension of me just working with adolescents and their families. Um, and so we've always kind of had an adolescent focus. And so often, you know, the things that, that brought couples in, part of that was parenting uh, and disagreements with parenting. Um, you know, children can be a great joy and they can, in, a, in a good marriage and they can also exacerbate issues in a bad marriage. 
um, recently uh, did a book with George Barna that kind of uh, addressed, um, you know, some of the more core things of social media and that sort of a thing. Um, but so there's that aspect of parenting uh, is a huge one. Another one is um, uh, in Texas, you can get divorced because of irreconcilable differences. And uh, well, odd, there's a guy named John Gottman up from in your area, the marriage clinic there in Seattle. Uh, you know, and, and he's he's all evidence based in, in what he writes about and espouses for marriage therapy. And he says that 70 percent of long term couples and that's 40 plus year marriages have irreconcilable differences. Forty mm. percent, excuse me, 70 percent of 40 plus year marriages have irreconcilable differences. And he says that his research shows that 70 percent of all marital conflict is irreconcilable. Seventy percent, and we always talk about well, we never resolve. Well, seventy percent of our arguments aren't resolvable because it's about your mother just being your mother, or you know some deep seated personality issue that is not going to change. So, if someone's going to be married for a long time, there's it's it's Paul. I've learned the secret of being content, whether I have a lot or a little, whether I'm well fed or hungry. Uh, and in a marriage, I've learned to be content whether I win the argument or not, whether I'm seen to be correct or not, whether this, the, the problems get solved or not. I've got to learn and, and trying to teach couples contentment within unresolved conflict, I think is a big one. Holy cow. I'm so I'm going to I'm going to interject there for a second and tell every dad tired listener that's listening to that. Rewind the last four minutes and listen to that probably six more times. That was so good. Uh, you better say that about my response here coming <laughs> <Yeah>. up too. <laughs> That's here, Dutch. One up him. My uh, yeah, exactly. My response might be forty five seconds though. Um, Jimbo's verbose. The one thing I would add, um, and this might be too broad, so you know, if you want me to dig down more, let me know. But I think the one constant theme that I see in my office is ego. Hmm. Um, you know, you see. Pride, we know better than God. We eat the apple from the tree he told us, well, was it an apple? Hmm? Apricot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we eat the fruit of the exact tree that God didn't want. Um, and, you know, I think Jesus was right. You know, to, to find our life, we must lose it. And so consistently, whether it's marital issues, whether it's teenage angst, behavioral issues, um, it is ego. They're walking in and they feel like they have a right um, to certain things that aren't happening. Um, and so they're depressed, they're anxious, and they're looking for um, symptom abation. They're looking for us to remove the symptoms. But often, one of the first things you need to look at is, are these symptoms of depression, anxiety, are they there for a reason? And what can we learn in the midst of them? Um, and so often, you know, you know, uh, curing depression in a person is great, but sometimes that's not God's first priority. Hmm. Um, and so we need to maybe analyze that a bit. Jeez, you guys draw. I'll, I'll say it. Rewind that. Listen to that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there we start. Just to hear him say the word abation. <laughs> Man, such good stuff. All right, Jimmy, I know you just wrote a book. You, you just kind of alluded to it. And just a minute ago, uh, fearless parenting. Tell us about that, where everyone can go pick that up. Uh, yeah, well, just about everywhere, I guess it was it was fun working with Barna, um, you know, who founded the Barna Group, um, because he was really Google before there was Google. Right. And if if we were talking on some subject, I could I would email him and just go, Hey George, do you have any stats on this? 
and he'd say for or against. Wow. <laughs> you were fan. Where were you when I was in grad school? Uh, he would have been a great buddy to have. But he basically, you know, lined out again as Barna does, you know, looking at all the research. Uh, he says he describes what a thirty some, excuse me, a twenty something, is going to look like in the year twenty thirty, and of course it's it's pretty um, uh, scary mm. uh, from amoral to a religious to just uh, a mess. And so he says, uh, okay, the good news is is that twenty something in the year twenty thirty is in your house right now. Mm. Therefore, if we don't like that, here's some, here are 10 steps that we can take to hopefully try to avoid that outcome. And then that's, that's what the book is about. Uh, it's, it's really, you know, the subtitle is, you know, how to raise a faithful kid in the midst of a secular culture, uh, an ever, 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 ever increasing secular culture. Um, and so it, it was a blast to do. Uh, and when you get to you know, step back and get a 30,000 foot view of, of families in 21st century America, it was a fun book to write. Wow. Well, I'll definitely be picking that up. We need every dad tired listener to go pick up that book. Uh, tell us where we can connect with you guys. You have obviously the paradox podcast, but where else can we connect with you online? Yeah. So, um, each of our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, they're all either doc Jimmy Myers or doc Josh Myers. That's too easy, man. Exactly. I love symmetry. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was telling you guys just before we started recording, every single one of our uh, social media outlets has a different name. We just like to really confuse people. So. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for taking the time to hang out. Uh, you guys honestly dropped a ton of truth bombs for us today and our, for our listeners, but uh, I really do appreciate it. I know you're busy, so thank you for taking the time. <laughs> To uh, hang out, and with Jerry. Us listen, if if you are ever down here in God's country, uh, <laughs> in Austin, then uh, I'm going to take you all expenses paid to Enchiladas in Moss. Really? I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. The next time you're in Austin, it's on me. He makes you order from the kids menu. Okay. Well, here's a couple things. Here's a couple things that I want to say in response to that. Number one, thank you. Number two, uh, Austin is in our top three cities that my wife and I want to visit. Uh, oh. Cool. So we have not been there. So I might actually have to pay for your dinner. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so we, I'm very much going to take you out on that. And number three, as you know, my last name is Lopez. And so I have a very oh, strong true. palate for good Mexican <laughs> food. All right. So, uh, you know, my expectations are going to be high, man. <laughs> Jared, it was a blast. Thank hey, you. Thank, thank you, you guys. So I really appreciate it. Yeah.